Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 24th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. A very happy Friday. Glad to have the end of the week here for you on today's episode. I'll have a complete recap of the Magic's loss to the Portland Trailblazers, a disappointing 112-103 loss, as well as, again, a reminder of what the Magic's goals will be for the rest of the season uh, and a uh, 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 just another painful reminder of how far this team still has to go. And then I'm going to close things off by recapping the trade deadline and the inactivity the Magic had at the trade deadline and why that, that may not be such a bad thing or may not be such an alarming thing as it seemed to be for a lot of people. But let's start with the game that the Magic played on Thursday. They played the Portland Trailblazers over at the Amway Center. Terrence Ross played his first game in a Magic uniform. Looked pretty good, but the story of the game was undoubtedly Damian Lillard. Lillard scored 17 of his 33 points in the fourth quarter, helped Portland erase an 11-point deficit in that fourth quarter uh, and lead Portland back to a 112-103 victory. Portland outscores Orlando 35-18 to in the quarter. Lillard was just fantastic. I mean, this is why he is or should be an all-star almost every single year. Why why he does not have more all-star bids is beyond me. And, and, you know, after the all-star break, he usually gets a little ticked off that he wasn't invited to the big game. Lillard was, as I said, fantastic. He was hitting threes from all over the place. He was driving into the lane, beating the Magic defense, and even taking some tough shots. It wasn't like the Magic were playing necessarily poor defense. He was getting, he was blowing by Alfred Payton a little bit too much, but Magic defense was there to meet him, and he was still hitting tough shots. Uh, and that, of course, caused the Magic defense to collapse a little bit, caused them to uh, uh, struggle to to keep 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 him away. Uh, from where he wanted to go, and Portland benefited from that, ultimately winning the game. When Orlando Orlando had control of this game for, for most of the way, they really felt like they, they had the game, not in the bag, but it felt like the Magic were going to either extend their lead and get a little comfortable or, you know, hold them off and win the game, and, and it just didn't happen. Once, once Portland made that last run, and Portland made a few runs at their lead earlier in the game, but once Portland made that big run at the end, Orlando just could not... You know, uh, Jeff Green, I think, said it the right way. Uh, they let go of the rope and couldn't get it, couldn't get it back. Excuse me. Uh, and offensively, they got very, very stagnant, very frustrated, started forcing a lot of things. They weren't getting turnovers, which is a big, way, big reason the Magic built their lead early in the game. Uh, and they weren't getting to the foul line either, so the offense became very, very hard to come by. Orlando in the fourth quarter shot. Uh, let me pull it up here. Sorry. Going thumbing through my final book here. Now, Orlando shoots 4 for 18 in the final quarter, 22.2%, 2 for 8 from beyond the arc. If it weren't for free throws, the Magic would not be in the game uh, at the end. And even then, they, they really weren't in the game as Portland made all the plays they needed to make down the stretch. Uh, this 
just is a disappointing game and a disappointing loss and a game that the Magic knew they should have won. We uh, did a good job of closing out the game uh, defensively. Uh, you know, we would let them get uh, you know what they wanted, and offensively, we didn't do a good job of getting good looks. Uh, we took some quick shots, uh, so just a lot of bad decisions to finish the game, and uh, you know we pretty much gave the game away that way. And it, it, this is a familiar refrain, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. Uh, that the Magic just could not get themselves going when they absolutely needed buckets. I mean, execution is still an issue. Uh, communication on defense is still an issue. This is still a team trying to do all the little things that need to be be done to win games. And still, you know, frankly, learning how to do that. That's, that's a topic for another day, I think. Uh, but a disappointing loss nonetheless. Uh, whether, you know, I, I don't care if you're on Team Tank or if, if you're like me and believe that the Magic should still be trying to win games despite the hopelessness of the playoff race. Um, when you're up nine and home, there is no benefit to losing. If you're planning on keeping any of the players on the roster on next year's team, there is no benefit to losing a nine-point lead at home, and this was uh, an unacceptable and frustrating loss for the Magic in a game that they should have and needed to win. Final stats for you, just just to run through it. That that's the negative. We'll get to some positive in just a moment. Nikola Vucevic, twenty-five points, eight for twenty shooting, eight for ten from the line, nine rebounds. Um, a, a solid effort from Nikola Vucevic. I thought. Um, they did a good job getting him the ball, letting him go to work, uh, forced some things at times. I think he was really pressing, especially in that second half, uh, as the Magic struggled uh, to, to get some offense. He was a guy that they needed to be able to turn to, and, and I don't know if he was able to to carry them to the finish line like they wanted. Evan Fournier, 20 points, 7 for 17 shooting, 5 for 8 from the line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 turnovers. Uh, again, same deal with Fournier. Um, felt like he was forcing and pressing a lot, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. Felt like he was trying very hard to to get in the lane and, and create something for the Magic. I mean, this team is just desperately lacking a creator right now and a playmaker. And Fournier's trying to step into that role, uh, but I don't think that's his proper role. I think where he's going to be most effective is more off the ball as a spot up shooter, as a as a cutter. Uh, and and you know he had he, he had his moments where he really filled those gaps and uh, obviously scored uh, to to do that as well. But it's, things still aren't a, a perfect fit. Terrence Ross first game in a Magic uniform, thirteen points, four for seventeen shooting, two for eight from beyond the arc, five rebounds, just one assist. But it felt like he should have had a lot more. Um, Ross was really good in this game. I, I know the shooting percentage doesn't look good, and that needs to improve. Uh, but Ross did a lot of really good things. Brought some good energy to the team. Moved the ball. He was he was a willing passer. He, you know, uh, maybe it's because I haven't watched him enough. Uh, the passing really surprised me. His ability to stop and shoot and pull up was really, really interesting to watch too. Uh, that's definitely a unique skill of his. Obviously, he has to make shots become more efficient, but he missed a lot of open shots too. Um, good first game effort. I thought he brought a lot of energy. Made the Magic a better team overall when he was on the floor. Uh, but... Still some, work to, still some work to do for him. Still some work to do for the Magic to integrate him. Uh, and finally, Mario Azonia, 10 points, 4 for 5 shooting, 2 for 2 from beyond the arc. Another good game for Mario Azonia. He's continuing to gain confidence, gain trust, um, making good plays on both ends of the floor. Uh, he played 25 minutes tonight. No reason to see why those minutes should not increase at this point, except for maybe working Terrence Rawson. Um, a really good game for Mario Azonia. Uh, I think that trust will continue to grow with him as he continues to perform, and hopefully more games like this are down the line. Magic stayed in this game, thanks largely to the free throw shooting, 22, uh, 28 
for 39 from the foul line. Uh, did a really good job getting the paint uh, because they weren't shooting very well. 39.5% from the floor. They were never really above 45% shooting at any point in the game, yet had control over the game despite Portland shooting 50.6% for the game. They were up around 47-48% for most of the game. Uh, so Orlando kept themselves in it by getting to the foul line, kept themselves in control by getting to the foul line, getting offensive rebounds, 13 offensive rebounds, turning into 12 second-chance points. That part wasn't so great. Uh, and turnovers. Portland had 15 of their 20 turnovers in the first half, helped Orlando establish control over the game. Orlando finished just scoring 27 points off 20 turnovers. The The small lineup, I think, really worked. Um, I think it did some really good things. They forced Portland to go small, and that's when Portland began to really stifle and 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 make the Magic's life difficult um, at the end of the game. Uh, I think that that was definitely a key adjustment and something that the Magic are going to have to learn to adjust to, to playing against other small lineups. They took advantage of Portland's relative uh, lack of speed, were able to get out in transition. They had 17 fast break points in the game, 5 for 9, uh, shooting on those fast break point, fast break opportunities. Uh, but still, they have to get that next step. They have to execute against uh, a set defense, uh, and Portland's not the best defense in the world, uh, so there's still some things to figure out for the Magic, and obviously they fall 112 to 103. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. There is a debate right now among Magic fans, and, and I don't think it's necessarily just Magic fans at this point either. Um, there is a somewhat legitimate debate about whether it's good for the Magic to win or not at this point of the season. Um, there's obviously a benefit to going after ping pong balls and, and tanking for lack of a better term. Um, There's no doubt about it. This is a loaded draft class. If you go back to a podcast that that we did earlier in the week, I talked a little bit about some of the draft prospects and what I like and what I don't like about them um, at at the top of the draft. And and the Magic are still in line. They're they're fourth in in the lottery odds right now. Um, they're, they're, They're in line to get a top pick in this draft. And a lot of people say, don't ruin it keep losing, and there were people on my timeline cheering the loss at the end. And even when I you know, tweeted out what Frank Vogel said after the game, um, which I'll play in a little bit here, um, that, you know, we got to win this game, you know, pe- you know, people were saying, no, you don't. You want to lose these games. There's a whole other debate to have about tanking. And about about what it is, and 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 my personal opinion, and this is I think what my opinion has been throughout the entire rebuild, even when the Magic started that rebuild with a twenty win season. My position was, and it remains, when you have a chance to win the game, you need to win it. When you have the chance to win a game, you need to win it. More likely than not, your team's talent level is not going to allow you to take that step forward. Your team's talent level is not going to allow you to win games consistently. So when you have the opportunity to win, you need to do so in order to gain experience winning basketball games. 
the Magic, I think, recognize this flaw. Because for the last five years, they've struggled to close games exactly like Thursday night's game. They haven't taken that step forward. And so when Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel asked Frank Vogel after practice on Wednesday, you know, how do you respond to fans who say it'd probably be best for the Magic to tank and get a high draft pick? His response was, quote, or I think Nikola Vujovic had the best response tanking and all that I think is just crap. But Frank Vogel on Tuesday said, kind of in response to what's left to do the rest of the season, he said, quote, the biggest thing for our franchise, our team, and our organization is this team has to learn to win no matter what it looks like. Right now we're 0-0. Zero zero. We're not going to focus on the standings and how many games we've got to make up or anything like that. We're going to focus on bringing maximum effort to practice and maximum focus into the game planning and preparations and all the little habits that our young players need to develop. The Magic intend to use these final 24, now 23 games to try and develop a base for the, for the 2018 season. And not only develop a base for the 2018 season, but hopefully gain some experience that will last into that season and make next season a success. To begin correcting maybe some of the habits that have developed because, intentionally or not, the Magic have been losing for the last five years. And that's what makes Thursday's game sting so much. Is that this is the exact type of thing that can't happen anymore if the Magic are going to be serious about making the playoffs, whether it was supposed to be this year or whether it's supposed to be next year. Up nine or whatever we were in the fourth quarter at home, you should win that game. You know, and that's, that's, that's actually exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? you got to put together a complete game, but, you know, in certain situations you gotta you got to step on an opponent when you got them down, and, you know, you got to make those plays uh, when you're up. And... Uh, we didn't do that tonight. That's it's been a problem with our, our our organization, our franchise, our team, and um, that's why it's important for these guys. We we got to figure this out. These guys got to figure out you know, how to make those plays. And this is the development the Magic are going to be working on for the rest of the season. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with Frank Vogel or not, this is what the Magic are going to try and do. They still expect to win basketball games. They still expect to compete for to win these games. And when they get the opportunity to win, they want to learn how to close these games out. And that is what the Magic should do. Because the Magic have lost games like Thursday night so many times in the last five years. So many times. And it becomes habit. It becomes dumb. And, and that is an indirect, you know, I don't know if Vogel meant it this way, but it is an indirect criticism of Rob Hennigan and the process that he went through. In fairness to to Rob, the Magic did improve slightly over the last four years, 20, 23, 25, 35 wins, before this season kind of went south. Clearly, there is a bit of a long-term vision here. It may not be super long-term, but it is long-term, in that the players that will remain on this roster heading into the 2018 season can't accept losing as habit. Can't accept losing as normal. Can't accept blowing leads at home as normal. And I think that's the accountability that Frank Vogel wants to instill in this roster for the rest of the season. They're still more likely to lose more games than they win the rest of the year. The Magic aren't going to make a playoff push anytime soon. They're still probably going to end up with the fourth or fifth best lottery odds in the in draft. But 
they still got to fight for something, and they still got to learn something, and the Magic got to figure out what they have and figure out what they need to keep. Because clearly what they had this year didn't work, and they can't keep all of it. And, and I'll talk about the trade deadline in a moment, but there's still a lot to figure out and a lot more to figure out where to go that's going to come from these final 24, 23 games now. The Magic blew it again. We've seen this happen again and again. Guy gets hot, team crumbles, team loses. They force everything. They don't play together. It's a continuing continuing theme for this Magic team. And if they want to stay on this team, if they want to figure some things out, they've got to do it themselves on the court. It, it, the coach can only do so much, but they've got to figure out how to become a better basketball team. This, this, To me, this last half of the season, or this last quarter of the season after the All-Star break, is more about the magic giving the organization, not just the fans, giving fans giving ownership, giving management, giving coaches some hope of something to build on. They need to they need to give the team, they need to give everyone a reason to think things will be better in 2018. And the draft's going to help, don't get me wrong. But there's still going to be a lot of players that are on this roster on next year's team. And they got to figure out exactly how to use them to, to, their, to their best. And not only that, they need to be ready to win from day one next year. Because those, those playoff expectations are not going away. The Magic are going to make moves to put themselves in the running for the 2018 playoffs in the same way they tried to put themselves in the running for the 2017 playoffs. I don't think that's changing. And of course, Thursday was a, a big day for that. Because Thursday was the NBA trade deadline, and the Magic stood pat. They didn't make any moves uh, on the trade deadline. It was a relatively quiet trade deadline. The biggest move, probably Nerlens Noel moving from Philadelphia to Dallas, uh, as well as Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott going from the Bulls to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Paul George didn't get moved. Jimmy Butler didn't get moved. Uh, the Magic, again, stayed quiet. Uh, they did their big deal last week when they traded Serge Ibaka to the Raptors. Um, it's... Not surprising. I got the sense as the day went on. Uh, I just, you know, my gut feeling was telling me the Magic probably aren't going to make a move. I didn't expect them to make a big move anyway. I expected them to kind of uh, survey the market, figure out um, if there was anything worth pursuing, if there wasn't, to, to just kind of sit tight. They didn't have anyone that they needed to deal. Um, Jeff Green is Jeff Green and Jody Meeks are the only expiring contracts. Um, Jeff Green, you know, a $15 million salary, what are you really going to get in return for him? I know a lot of people said, oh, just sell him off for a second round pick. It doesn't quite work that way. I mean, a team would need to have the cap room to take Jeff Green and then be willing to give up a second round pick for him, which what team with that, what team below the salary floor is going to do that? I mean, I, and honestly, there probably was a team below the salary floor that might have considered doing that, but I, I, I seriously doubt it. Um, Magic obviously can use Jeff Green. They need the backup power forward. Uh, but at the same time, uh, losing Jeff Green in free agency isn't the biggest deal. The Magic now have $15 million to spend in, in free agency. 
Jody Meeks is injured, probably tough to deal him at this point until you know they, they people figure out his health. I actually think there's a small chance the Magic resign Jody Meeks. I don't think it's I don't think his time in Orlando is necessarily done yet either. Uh, so not no urgency to trade him because you might be keeping him. The only other guy that there might have been some urgency to trade is C.J. Watson. Uh, his he's got a partially guaranteed contract next year, but that guarantee doesn't set in until July 17th, um, I believe, according to Basketball Insiders. So the Magic can trade him at the draft. And and this was my larger point on why it wasn't important that the Magic make a deal at the deadline. I know a lot of fans, a lot of people that I talked to were really ticked off that the Magic didn't do anything at the deadline, but I don't think the Magic really had to um, because of this timeline. Uh, just because the deadline is passed doesn't mean conversations stop. Teams can still talk. They just can't make any deals. And I think the Magic have more opportunity to make deals at the draft than they do at the deadline. And let me explain why. Nikola Vucevic will still be under contract. Alfred Payton will still be under contract. Evan Fournier will lose a year off his contract. Bismack Miyamba will lose a year off his contract. I think that those players become a little bit more valuable to teams at the draft when they're maybe assessing their needs a little bit differently, uh, when they don't have to integrate them quickly into their teams. When they, you know, I think teams make clear decisions, we're going in this direction, we're going in that direction at the draft as opposed to at the trade deadline. They may be looking to, to shed some salary and signal where they're going. But a lot of teams, especially this year, a lot of teams are still competing for something. So they're not going to, perp- you know, a lot of teams aren't going to self-sabotage in the middle of the season when there's still a chance to win something. I mean, fans do not like that. Um, they're a little more willing to do that at the draft. And so if you're looking to collect assets, even draft picks, the draft is the place to do it. So I don't think the Magic were under a lot of time pressure at this deadline. They made the deal they had to make. They traded Serge Ibaka last week. That was a deal that they absolutely had to make. And so coming into this trade deadline, I think the Magic certainly surveyed the market. Um, I don't, you know, I think the the Reggie Jackson rumor that was going around, I don't think that was very recent. Uh, You know, deals like that, when they leak, they tend to leak because they're dead. Um, So I don't think that that was a particularly recent deal. Um, I think a lot of people are probably judging Hennigan saying, oh, you you know, you, you had Jeff Green. I know, I know one guy's been hitting me up saying, oh, they had Jeff Green and DJ Augustin for Reggie Jackson. Why didn't they do that? Well, we don't know if that was actually real. We don't know if that was an actual deal that was on the table um, or how serious that, w- well, that was other than maybe a proposal or rumor. I mean, who knows? Um, could be the agent, you know, trying to get his client out. I mean, there's there's a lot of motivations for leaking that stuff to the press. Um, so we don't really know what was on the table. I, I, I'm I'm fairly certain that the Magic were very aggressive. They explored a lot of options, and just nothing worked to make the team better. Um, you know, the other arguments that's been going around is the Magic had to do something because Rob Hennigan had to save his job. I don't think that's the case either. Because, I mean, Hennigan said, I'm not going to um, kind of give up the Magic's future just to save my job, just to do a splashy move that might save my job. Magic are six and a half games out of the playoffs. They are not likely to make the playoffs. According to 538, they have less than 1% chance of making the playoffs this year. You go to any of those like statistics websites, there is a less than 1% chance the Magic will make the playoffs. It's not going to ha- it's essentially not going to happen and I think even the team has started to back off uh the playoffs or bust mentality of this season and, and admitting that it's a long sh- that it's a that's it's a longer than long shot. It's 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 
you know, almost mathematically impossible. So having said that then, the Magic had the ability to wait and see what was out there. It's not to say they weren't aggressive calling people and, and figuring out, you know, what to do, but it, it's, it's, also, it's to say that they didn't have to take a deal just to take a deal. I, I say this at every trade deadline. No deal is better than a bad deal. If you take a bad deal, you're, you're stuck with it. If, if the Magic wanted to trade Jeff Green for Brandon Knight, they could have gotten it done. But Brandon Knight has had a really bad season for the Suns. He's really inconsistent. Um, he's not a point guard. Um, he can. Some people think he can play. It. I, I think it's pretty clear that he's not. And he's under contract for four more years. Uh, not too expensive. I think it tops off at $15 million in the last year. Uh, but I don't think the Magic were willing to make that commitment to him. They weren't ready to be married to him and, and kind of be stuck with that contract, so to speak. And so it's more valuable to them to let Jeff Green walk in free agency, which, uh, assumedly, which I don't disagree with. I think that that's the right call. They'll have plenty of opportunity at the draft to make some decisions, to, to again make decisions and explore what they can get for Alfred Payton or what they can get for Nikola Vucevic or even what they can get for Evan Fournier and Bismack Biombo. Everything opens up again in June. So just because the trade deadline's passed doesn't mean the conversation stop. It doesn't mean that they can't pick up things that they talked about in, in February back up again in June or back up again tomorrow. They could keep talking and, and see if something works or you know, after the season ends in April, begin talking again. And figuring out what comes next. Certainly the Magic have some questions about, about who's going to be making those decisions. But um, a, a quiet trade, you know, I, I said this a lot on, on Thursday. Don't take quiet for inactivity. By all accounts, and even Vogel said this before the game, Magic were pretty active up until the deadline on Thursday. Nothing was out there to, out there for them to do. And so they're going to ride with this roster Figure out what they have, and, and and I'm fairly certain they are not done making moves. They have to make some moves this summer to, to take this team to another level or to take this team to the next level in addition to taking getting a good draft pick and getting a good rookie to add to the fold. Um, I think that there's still a lot of opportunity for this team, uh, but it's it's just going to take a little bit of patience. Um, it, it, it's not going to happen all at once, obviously. And, you know, the trade deadline just happened to be quiet this year, and I don't think that... That is a bad thing for this team. I think that that is just what the market bore uh, for for the Magic this year. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Hope it's been a good week. The All-Star break is behind us. We're full full bore to the end of the season as February is quickly coming to a close. Orlando City is going to be starting soon. I think they're doing the ribbon cutting at the stadium tomorrow. Open house on Saturday. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to call, call my guy Gavin up. Get you, get you all a, an Orlando City preview, as, as I'm sure some of you don't want to talk about Magic all the time. Um, we'll be back again next week with plenty more on the Orlando Magic, though. Not just Orlando City, but on the Orlando Magic. Hoping to, to, hoping to get back in touch with uh, our good pal Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post uh, and uh, get his takes on the Magic and, and what comes next. Because, uh, you know, if there's one thing that I, I do like about the trade deadline is now we have some sense of the direction the Magic are going. Um not a full sense, but I'm, I'm, I've got at least a, a decent idea of what comes next, and, and I'll probably talk a little bit more about that in the coming weeks uh, as the games continue. Uh, the Magic are back in action on Saturday. They play the Atlanta Hawks at the Amway Center. You can catch the doubleheader, too, with the Carlin Globetrotters in that afternoon. You might even see me 
uh, because I'll be in the back for shoot around. Uh, but uh, aside from that, uh, should be another good weekend. Hopefully, the Magic uh, learn some lessons from uh, Thursday's game and uh, finish for a change. Once again, the final score from the Amway Center: the Portland Trailblazers defeat the Orlando Magic one twelve to one o three for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. Ha- this has been Philip Rossman Reich. Have a great weekend. We'll see you all Monday on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.